Welcome to Building Fortunes Radio. Make sure you check us out at buildingfortunesradio.com. Along with our marketing partners, we're here to help our PM Marketing Network Lead customers build their businesses and make the world a better place. At Building Fortunes, we know how much your business means to you and the people important to you. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Now on to our show with your host, Peter Mingles. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You are listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. I run Building Fortunes Radio, and tonight I'm going to replay something that needs a little bit of an explanation. And when I say that, this is all good stuff. Before Building Fortunes Radio, I actually started a radio show with a friend of mine. Her name is Dawn. uh, Something called the Dash Radio. So if you go to building, I'm sorry, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash, you'll be able to hear all of the previous radio shows that we've done. Well, we did really a lot of really great shows, and I want to kind of swing some of them over here to Building Fortunes Radio, even though they're older. This one is one that we did in 2013, and it was with um, the gentleman who actually produced a movie called The Serious Disclosure Documentary. That's really fascinating. It has stuff to do with extraterrestrials. And I wanted to replay the whole entire Dash radio show on Building Fortunes radio shows because we have so many people that are interested in ETs, extraterrestrials, UFOs, AUPs, whatever you want to call them. I figured this would be super-duper real fitting. And for that home-based business MLM crowd, many of us in the MLM world helped to do some work with crowdfunding that made some of this possible. So I think you'll really find this very fascinating. So I'm going to replay it. You'll hear the introduction music for the Dash. You'll hear the exit for the Dash as well, and then we'll throw um, this on Building Fortunes Radio as well. But I found this to be really super-duper fascinating And as I re-listened to some of the shows that we did on the Dash, some of them are really priceless. So here we go. You're going to hear the introduction for the Dash and my guest host, as well as, of course, the uh, guest speakers as well. Here we go. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrasse and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, Click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to today's Dash Radio Show for our special our special ET week. We have been uh, having an absolute blast with the guys from Sirius, and so I am Dawn Wright DeBronce. I'm waiting on my co-host, Peter Mingles, who may have gotten wrapped up in these little technical difficulties that Blog Talk is having this week. So we're going to forgive them and just keep going with our very special guest, the producer of Sirius the Movie, and Never Ending Light Productions is his baby. So welcome, Mr. J.D. Seraphine. Thanks for having me, Dawn. You're welcome. This is so much fun. I am so glad I met you guys this week. I have to say that um, 
it's just been a, a bit of a, a whirlwind uh, relationship because we just found out about this. But um, what you have done and what you're doing is just such an inspiration as an entrepreneurial project that the Dash is really excited to have you guys. Um, I, I'm, I've got about a million questions, and I don't want to just blurt them all at once, so I would love for you to start at the beginning and where this all happened for you. And uh, and let's just start there and see where we can end up in the next hour. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been an interesting journey. Um, you know, I kind of somehow ended up landing on this train uh, as it was getting ready to take off. I was working with Omar Deep on another uh, project that um, that we're producing and directing together, whatever he's directing, I'm producing. And he had been talking to Dr. Stephen Greer for a couple months, um, and they decided to move forward with a documentary film, uh, which turned out to be serious. And after some issues getting the financing in order, uh, we kind of came to the resolution, or we proposed to him that we should we should try crowdfunding based on uh, the amount of interest there was in him, uh, you know, in the public, and how much uh, how many devoted followers he has. So we, not knowing, you know, exactly what to expect, although we knew there was a, a market for the film, you know, we launched the crowdfunding campaign and, and you know, with no better way to put it, I mean, the thing just exploded out of the gates. Um, and it's kind of kept rolling since then. And it's been an amazing experience. I mean, when, we're, when all is said and done, when we premiere this film on Monday and release it VOD uh, for Yekra, it, we will have financed, conceptualized, produced, shot, edited and mastered and released a documentary, a feature length documentary in under twelve months. Which um, for those for those people who have who have been involved <laughs> with any feature length project, whether it's a documentary or a scripted narrative, um, that's an enormous feat in and of itself for a production company uh to be able to say that we we accomplished that is, is a great thing. But obviously now we're at the you know, we're at the end of that journey that part of the journey, but we're at the beginning of the larger journey, which is really pushing the film out and reaching as many people as possible with uh, with the message. So I've been blessed to, to be involved with the project. It's, um, you know, working with Armour Deep's been amazing, and, and the team over there at Neverending Light, Lori Knapp, who's, um, you know, an editor slash producer there, and it's amazing, Morgan Dingle and, and Jared Bonshire and some of the other people on the team, um, you know, it's, it's just been an amazing, amazing process, and getting to know Dr. Greer and 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 uh, working with him has been amazing. So it's it's really been cool for me because uh, I didn't have any intentions to do this project, and I didn't necessarily have, you know, I wasn't someone who had a uh, had been following the the ET phenomena that closely prior to it, but obviously now, um, you know, I, I'm pretty well versed on it. So it's been <laughs> absolutely. A, yeah, it's it could just suck so, you in. I'm sure this is definitely a topic that just can take you by, take hold of you, right? Oh yeah, no, it has, and that's the and when we were when we were constructing the you know the narrative of the film and we're conceptualizing it and we're going back and forth, you know, and Dr. Greer obviously had had given us a lot of great material to start with, and you know a lot of his research, et cetera. But it's still when it comes down to putting together a documentary or any project you have to come up with a narrative that puts that story together in a way that people can understand it and it, and it engages them and entertains them and, and enlightens them all at the same time. And that's your goal, um, which we hope this film does for people. But 
when we're in that process, it's each one of these, you know, little various rabbit holes um, goes so deep that it's um, it can really it really definitely engulfed us for the last year. I know it engulfs me, and it's been a it's really been my sole focus and passion since you know since it took off. And it's and it's honestly one of those things when you're on a project, and I've done a number of different projects in different capacities uh, as a producer, or EP, or you know production coordinator, whatever it was. This is one of those rare projects where it's just synergy seems to happen, you know, very naturally with it, um, and it continues to happen. I mean, even us meeting and and the show happening today kind of came about <laughs> through a very through a very organic, you know, very organic way. So it's that part of it's really been awesome to continue to watch and 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 see it unfold, and, and I'm hoping that um, it continues to unfold and and, and grow as it, as it has from the beginning. Well, I got to tell you something really interesting about this because as as you're speaking to this, I got involved in about 2003 and and I was out in San Diego with the head of the Independent Film Society in San Diego and we had talked about doing multi-level marketing kind of uh we, we were looking at going ahead and rolling out independent film in ways that people could go ahead and do the shows in their homes and that we could go ahead and do this really cool cottage industry type reality for the independent film world. So when this thing came full circle from one of the world's great networkers, who's a friend of mine, and he was introduced, Ryan, J. Ryan Connolly introduced me to this project. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you guys have this incredible crowdsourced film and this incredible story. And, you're in the literally in the laps of some of the largest networkers in the world are right now signing up to tell their teams about your film because of myself and Ryan. It's just kind of like the synergy. I, I got to tell you, it's it's really kind of given me goosebumps all week how this has happened. So it's it's amazing to me. So I mean, and and I got to tell you, I was I of course went and I saw your Facebook page, saw that your dad was a musician. Didn't even realize by the time I had reached out and said, hey, we'd love to have you on the show as an entrepreneur, that he was actually in Chicago. Um, <laughs> and I probably saw him when I was 15 years old, at, you know, when I saw the Chicago show. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest thing in the whole world. And, and he said, yeah, sure, I'd love to be on the dash. And, and uh, you know, Jeff over here was, um, you know, setting it up. And I just saw it on your on your write-up. And I thought, you know, it is synergistic. You guys are just, you're, you're, you're in that wave, you know, in that flow right now where it's all just happening. And I'm so excited for you. Because I just have, I mean, even Alex, one of our guys here who's like, he's usually the most serious on the team, he said, I have a feeling about this. And I think that everybody does. I think you've got the whole world rooting for you guys right now. It's just super cool. That's amazing. No, thank you. I, I, it's, uh, it's been, it, it's really an amazing experience to have that. I mean, that, that many filmmakers who are listening or who may listen to this or not will attest that it is very it, it, most of the time you're sitting there just digging and pushing and digging and pushing on any project, not even just film, mm-hmm. but other business mm-hmm. ventures. And, and I think any of us who are entrepreneurs can attest that to get to have things unfolding and where they're happening outside of you having to push for them, um, that's where some real, you know, genuine, you know, great success can happen. And I think, you know, going back to the crowdfunding side of it, 
um, you know, as I think Armady might have mentioned on the call before, as far as I can find in my research, I think we're the highest, you know, we raised the most funds for a documentary crowdfunding-wise um, that I've been able to find. So that was a huge thing. But when we looked at the distribution and we looked at the DNA of the project, how we were able to fund it, the amount of support that we that continued to grow behind it, we thought that, and I and we happened to have a, an introduction to Yekra that came about in an organic way, just as everything else has. Uh, <laughs> and they're wonderful people over there. I mean, Lee Waterworth and, and Sonia, his wife, and and their whole team is, is amazing. Um, and we happened, I met with them the first night, and they they showed me their system and explained to me how it worked. It was just like one of those things where you just know this is the way that we should go, at least out of the gate. I mean, of course, we're we're entertaining other options. We've got you know, interest from even theatrical distributors, uh, you know, in multiple countries and different things. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's always a, you know, it's always a process with the business side. But that was the, the goal was we, this film was made for the people and by the people um, in, in the way that it came about. We wanted to give the people that opportunity to basically, you know, not only promote the film and, and really uh, champion the film, but also to also to profit from it. And it's not about there's this kind of weird dynamic that happens with this community that, um, which I understand where they feel like the money system is, is evil and they don't want to participate and why should this film cost any money. But um, the way I look at it is, is very simple, is that money is, is simply just an, when you deal with money and making money and spending money, et cetera, it's just a transfer of energy. So That's I think it. that if people would shift their, their mindset about that and understand that if they believe in something, if they believe in this movement, uh, or these greater ideas that we want to that we're trying to spread through this film, or that we're spreading through this film, that by paying for the film or by pushing it out to their people, they're putting all they're doing is is we're growing that energy, we're growing that movement. It's not about you know capitalism's evil and the upper one percent is, <laughs> is, is you know is 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 basically bearing down on all this, which I'm not going to argue with. I'm not saying that I'm that I disagree with that point. I actually agree with it, and I, it's something that I've been passionate about for you know, most of my young adult life. But at the same time, I've kind of grown to understand that um, the nature of the system and how it works and also how to, how to hopefully use it to our advantage to, to push the ideas we want to see pushed um, Absolutely. and to champion and the things we want to champion. A very wise person, when I told them that a project, that a women's empowerment project that I did a few years back, and I said, it's not about the money. And they said to me, and I actually brought this up a couple of shows ago, they said, it is about the money. You want to feed hungry children. You want to build clean water wells for them. You want to change the world for people who are impoverished and less um, and have less opportunity than you do. So you need money for that. And in order for good things to happen, the good guys need money because the bad guys have plenty. And yeah. you know, it's it's good to see a project that is for the people, by the people, something that's truly spiritual for a lot of people. Um, you know, that really, you know, it really challenges belief systems out there and, and really makes people think. And it's it's good that good projects and good people have good funding behind them. So I'm I'm one of the people raising my hand saying, yeah, and sometimes it is about the money. And you guys deserve to have um, some real, real good things happen for you and that uh, and that way you can go ahead and buy a lot more films and containers and send them to lots more theaters because those cost money too. Right? Oh yeah, it all it all it all costs money. I mean, that's the thing is that uh, from the outside looking in, that a lot of people wouldn't see how expensive every you know single little detail is. But the beauty of this, well, 
for all people out there. And I mean, it's something that's exploding outside of our project. I mean, it's exploding mm-hmm. into every industry, and they're working on the regulations right now uh, in the U.S. government. But it was opened up, or it's going to be opened up, where you can actually crowdfund, and the crowdfund uh, donors would not be donors; they'd be investors. So they'd actually get equity in the projects, uh, which is a beautiful model because the reality is with that model, I mean, people have been investing in Wall Street for, you know, how you know however many years, you know, more than mm-hmm. I know the number and what I say here, but this would be the opportunity for people to fund projects that they believe in and to see the flow of capital go to Main Street instead of Wall Street, to see the blood, you know, decentralized, so to speak, the lifeblood of, of our economy, which is, capital into projects on the grassroots level, on the local level, and see people's uh, ideals and dreams and, and uh, you know, companies get launched and have, and, and have it be packed by ordinary people where they would actually have a stake in something that, you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't like this Ponzi scheme, you know, casino type system that, you know, is kind of the Wall Street system. And I'm not saying that that doesn't maybe have its own merits on its own. My point is, is this is a new a new system that really fits a need that exists in our society um, and the crowdfunding model does. And and it was beautiful what it did for us, and I think it can do the same for for a lot of other people. Absolutely. And we're going to take a quick station identification break and talk more about that right when we get back. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradio.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And we are back with J.D. Seraphine and uh, the producer of this fantastic movie, Sirius, that is launching on Monday. And if you haven't gotten your tickets, get on over to thedashradio.com and buy them because we are all sorts of excited about promoting this film. <laughs> and, uh, and Or get on over to these guys' website. I mean, get, just get somewhere and buy the tickets and make sure that you watch them. Get your people around to, um, your computer screens. Have your families all gather and uh, do this very cool evening on Monday because if you can't get to L.A., right? L.A. is where you're premiering? Yeah, we're premiering in Los Angeles, and uh, there will be some other live screenings that'll, that are in motion and that are being set up. There's one more that's, that's already confirmed in excuse me, Charlottesville, Virginia on May 9th, which is the 12-year anniversary of the Disclosure Project's uh, National Press Club event that was historic that Dr. Greer put together, and then we also have another screening that's happening on the first night of the Citizens Hearing in Washington, D.C., which is going to be April 29th, and that's another amazing event um, that's happening, you know, roughly a week from the day of our premiere, and I know the guys that are doing that, Stephen Bassett, Ruben Langdon, Just Cause Entertainment, um, and they're all great people as well, so that's something that, for those of you that are interested in this topic, um, hopefully it's already on your radar. If it's not, then you guys should definitely uh, be checking that out. And then if you are going to watch the film and you're listening, you should definitely go to go to Dash Radio and, and watch it with Don because that's the uh, <laughs> you know that's the ticket. Is we want we want the reason we chose this model was because like I said, we wanted people anyone who was willing to come in and and push this out to be able to help us carry this out to as many people as possible. And and, and it's amazing what's happening with it. So. 
Oh, it's so cool. And I've been 25 years in network marketing and MLM, and uh, I've had, you know, some recent torches that I've carried um, really fun. You know, people people all over the world love each other in the network marketing and MLM industry, and and uh, they create huge networks of, of, of consumers and, you know, people who are affiliates. And the fact that they can touch the film industry now is just so exciting to me. It's a, It's been a vision and a dream of mine for, for at least 10, 15 years. So this is just really very cool. And I'm really interested in how the whole crowdsource thing worked for you guys. Like, did you make a decision? Did you go to Kickstarter? How did you guys actually make the decision to do it? And where did you do it? How did it kind of, just for the people out there who are considering doing a crowdfunding um, scenario for their projects, you know, could you give a little insight? Oh, I can give a ton. Yeah, absolutely. We did a ton of research. Uh, we did raise some through Kickstarter, and part of it was, to be honest, it was our first large crowdfunding campaign. So we wanted to to do Kickstarter for one because that's kind of the main site and mm-hmm. portal that everybody uses and or, or most people use and a lot of people know about. So we wanted to experience the advantages, disadvantages of that, and also if there was an exposure we could gain from success there, we wanted to get it. We raised most of our money, actually, though, through a, a custom portal that we set up ourselves. Um, and the beauty of that is there's certain rules that Kickstarter imposes in terms of, you know, the way that they like to run their business, which is logical because of, for various reasons. But their we business. wanted to, mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't want to be, we didn't want to be limited by that. So we we chose a different way, and it, and it honestly was a, was a great choice. And we're actually, our uh, deep and myself and some others are actually uh, in the process of setting up another company that um, will, you know, that will specialize in crowdfunding and, and kind of using a different model that's similar to what we use for this project, um, which I don't want to get into too much on this because I don't want to digress. But I think that the best thing for people to do is um, to just analyze it really, to be honest, the success of crowdfunding, I could break it down. and There's one key thing that matters more than anything else in it, and it's marketing. It's like if you have the ability to market any project or any product well, you will be able to crowdfund it as long as it's the right product or the right project and you have the right market to engage with it. So um, that was that's really the insight, the biggest insight I could give anyone to just bottom line, like what makes crowdfunding successful is marketing. Whether you have a list of, of you know, 50,000 people that are already your, you know, your core followers or demographic or whatever it is, or you've got a super savvy team that knows how to, that knows how to ramp it up on social media and knows how to pull the right levers, or both. I mean, those are the those are the factors that really make a crowdfunding campaign successful, or how successful or it sets the level of how successful it can be. I think that the product or the project itself kind of helps to set the floor and dictate the potential upside. Um, but I think the marketing is what amplifies it or drives it, and I think that's the best advice I could give to anybody who's listening if they want to hear it. I hear you, and uh, so much to talk about on that one. I'm going to definitely take you um, uh, take some time of yours after this show, because <laughs> the whole crowdfunding thing just uh, it's really bit us like a bug uh, over here at the Dash. We've talked a lot about it in the MLM space, and and um, just it, just watching what you guys have done and accomplished, it's really super impressive. And uh, like kudos to you guys, really. That's just an amazing accomplishment. And I know that, like, it, we even stated it as a way over accomplishment. One of our writers 
Yeah. I wish your writer was accurate on that. That would be, <laughs> that would be wonderful. I, I read that and I just started 500 laughing. 500 million millioners. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's 500 million, but I, you know, it's, I was, that would be an amazing, and maybe one day there will be crowdfunding yes. on that level, but, um, for us, it wasn't quite that successful, but it was it was well, a great thing, you know. It was a great project. Absolutely, and you know, years ago when we were looking into all of this, my my understanding became that like ninety percent of a film's budget goes to the prints and ads for to get what ten percent of the people who will ever see the film to opening weekend. So the ability to go ahead and do this this way you know, must have allowed you to put a lot of your budget into actually creating the film. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, no. Well, our our portion of, um, you know, the, the portion of the budget that was set aside for the physical production of the film, which wasn't the entire amount that was raised, you know, was put towards the, the production of the film. Now, with crowdfunding, because we did touch on that, something that everyone should be aware of, is there is a lot of work that goes along with it. There is a lot of management, especially the more successful a campaign is, the more work it is to manage the incentives and the communications and all that stuff, just like you would with, with investors with any other project, except for instead of having a group of five or 10 or, you know, 20 guys that you're dealing with or, or companies, you're dealing with thousands or hundreds. And then, so it becomes a logistical, you know, it definitely, there, you want to set up a system and be very clear from the beginning that you, that you want to set it up properly so that you're prepared. Um, for that success, so when your campaign is successful, that you understand what the incentives are going to cost, which there is a, a hard cost to, to a lot of them, because you want to give the donors, you know, you want to incentivize them or motivate them to, to get behind the project and give them cool things in return so that they become, you know, stakeholders and they feel like they've really gotten, they're really getting as much out of it as possible. And that's where you get the natural kind of marketing synergy that happens. That's the beauty of it, the model for a film, is that you're already engaging a base of people that then that then have invested not just emotionally you know or spiritually but they've invested financially um which in our society like it or not that's kind of um you know the level of someone's commitment is a lot of times measured in that way um that it's when people are investing on that level they're really going the extra mile to see that a project is, is promoted or is pushed out and i think that there's been a number of marketing studies that have been done to show that the real impact that studios look for with that you know, massive spend that they do with P&A is, is really the word of mouth. It's the buzz. The word of mouth will carry, if the impact of that on ticket sales and the success of the film is is exponentially so much higher than any than any ad impressions. There was a, a statistic I saw the other day, and I don't remember the exact details, but it essentially, you know, said what I'm paraphrasing now, that word of mouth is really what the studios and any, you know, any corporation or any one of these marketing and products is looking for, because that you know, will motivate someone to actually do something ten times more often than, you know, just a you know, an ad on a on a billboard or an ad on a mm-hmm. on a TV or whatever. So yeah, we didn't our marketing budget was is, is fairly uh, lean and mean, to be honest. It's just really <laughs> it's really a reliance on um you know, the people the people pushing it. And that's why it's with this model now we have, you know, as it as it goes with this business, as we as we've gotten more traction and more success and the Huffington Post has read articles that, you know, 3 million or 4 million people have seen now, and our trailer's climbing over a million views. And, uh, you know, of course, the people, you know, the distributors and different people are starting to come out of the woodwork and, and approach us and, and want us to do business with them. And we're obviously going to entertain, 
whatever's the best option for pushing this film out as wide as possible. But we wanted to give this first window to the people who who gave, who gave us this project or gave us the ability to do this project, and that's the people who funded it and the people in the community and, and this movement. So um, that's where we're at right now. But beyond that, we'll see where it takes us. Absolutely, yeah. There's there's so many possibilities. Like I know that just being a part of what you guys are doing for five days, the amount of possibilities that have passed through <laughs> just my own single mind. I cannot imagine what all of your fans all over the world and if you could get if you could just bottle that collective consciousness, what what could come up, what we could all come up with together right now would be really cool. So. I think that, uh, you know, the premiere is going to be really neat, and then there's going to be just this amazing year to follow, you know, because it's just, it's a, it's a, you're, you guys are blazing the trail for filmmakers worldwide. You're, you're showing everybody what's possible. Um, so not only are you bringing a really important topic to light that a lot of people are very passionate about, I mean, you know, I, I told the guys, you know, I, I was a Trekkie, I was big into X-Files, you know, like I just absolutely have been somebody who's looked up at the stars and known that there was something out there and others out there. And read, I read Chariots of the Gods, you know, in, in high school, and it just like proved out the numbers to my brain. And I thought, yeah, of course, uh, but nothing has ever done what your trailer did to me. When I saw that little guy, you know, <laughs> I just thought, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this film. You know, it's a really amazing and exciting topic, and you guys have done something that, you know, people all over the world have, for, for generations have looked up at the stars and wondered, and you guys are just doing something so cool for the planet right now. So it's, you know, it, you're doing it in a bunch of different ways. Entrepreneurs, you know, I... I have a heart for entrepreneurism in every level, you know, like I have, I, I, I don't think I could just go work a job to save my life, you know, um, it's just, it's just not how I'm built, I don't look at buildings as I drive by them and wonder what I could be doing inside them, you know, I, I'm, I'm at home and thinking entrepreneuristically, what, what's the next thing, you know, so to see what you guys are doing, both in the creation of the film and then in the distribution of the film, I mean, it's got to have popcorn going off in people's minds everywhere. So, I mean, you're you're an inspiration on every level. And we have to do another commercial identification break. We'll be right back with J.D. Seraphine and Sirius right after this. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradio.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And we are back and uh, with J.D. Seraphine, And we're talking about the film series that is launching on Monday. So if you don't have your tickets, get on over to the radio.com and buy them. And make sure that you invite all your friends over because if you could do Monday Night Football, you can do Sirius the Film Party. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what Costa said. And I thought, or, or maybe Arm said, I thought, yeah. That's right. If they could do Monday Night Football, then we can get them out, uh, off their easy chairs and, and around computers worldwide, and people can go buy some big monitors and, uh, and really enjoy this thing. So what do you envision that this is, this is going to go ahead and, and make, uh, make happen in the minds of the people? Because I know you guys have a real 
uh, you know, you have a real vision and a real mission with this film. You know, can you give us a little bit about what you see here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I've talked to Dr. Greer about this and Omar Deep and some of the other team members, what I see that, that's kind of interesting to me about this community and about the interest in this subject, you know, whether you're, you believe that, that ETs are here or whether you don't or, you know, most of the world at this point is kind of resolved, I think, now that there is intelligent life in the universe. But the reason that I think the interest is so high is, is, is a pretty simple reason. Um, it, this topic really drives at the heart of some of the most basic, fundamental, um, powerful questions that humans have been asking themselves for, you know, thousands upon thousands of years, if not longer. And that is, you know, where did we come from and why are we here? And mm-hmm. I think that the hope is with this film that there's, there's an element of that um, and there's an element that at this time in, in our evolution as a species and, and in the dynamics of the planet as it stands now, I mean, we're really a planet that is out of balance. And it, on many levels, it's the science is there to show it, the data is there to show it, whether you're somebody that, you know, is looking at ecosystems or you're looking at species, you know, evaporating or you're looking at global warming or you're looking at, um, you know, poverty or you're looking at population. I mean, everywhere you look, you know, there are significant signs that our our planet and our way of life is in is in serious jeopardy and it's out of balance. So I think that within the film, as there has been in many documentaries that deal with various subjects, not even the E. T. subject, there is uh an overarching theme that is bigger than just the E. T. movement, that's bigger than just Stephen Greer, that's bigger than just the Atacama humanoid. And it is this idea that Collectively, we are at a point as a species that we need to band together and come up with solutions to move forward into the next, you know, to the next level of our evolution if we plan to stay on this planet and and inhabit it, you know, for much longer. Because at a certain point, we're going to to cross a line and things are going to get worse, even worse than they are now and continue to get worse unless we do something about it. And as human beings, we're the only intelligent species on this planet that has the ability to be the stewards of this planet. And if we don't take that responsibility that we already have, we're already shaping this planet every day. Everything that we do, everything that we build, everything we destroy, everything we create, it's it's on us to create the future of of, of this planet and what it's going to be. So we have to decide as a species what that is. And I think there is that theme in the film on a deeper level that I'm hoping that, that people really walk away with as much as anything else about, you know, they believe it, you know, this or that about ETs. And I think there is a part of that that ties into the energy question that is one of the main themes of the film in terms of how we produce energy and um, some of the various inventors that have come up with devices over the last hundred years that have been suppressed and other inventors that are, you know, currently working on those technologies. And the hope is that that someone, somewhere, whether it's, you know, Dr. Greer in his lab that he's trying to do or someone else in another lab, comes up with the technology and, and brings it to the marketplace successfully that that can replace the system that's currently there. Because that is at the root fundamentally of, of a lot of the systemic problems that we see. So those are just some of, I know I just kind of went on a little rant, but those are some of the main points that I hope that people will walk away with. And I think that, to be honest, a lot of people are not going to be prepared for what this film is going to be. Like, people are going to be focused on the Atacama humanoid, which is cool. You know, Ada's 
definitely symbolizes a lot of what this film is, and that's why it's kind of become, you know, a big part of the banner of, of, of what we're pushing out. But there is so much more to the narrative of this film, and I think when people watch it, they're going to find that they've never, A, seen in, in a documentary that's been done on the subject matter where the value in the narrative is this good, and B, they're going to, I mean, they're going to play, I believe, and I hope. I mean, I could be totally wrong and delusional, but <laughs> my hope is, is that they, that, you know, that everybody walks away with something that they can take away from this, and, and you know, one of those things would be that we all need to search for truth. We all need to come together to, you know, to find the solutions that, that will give us the ability to, to change the world and, and to have a world that I think a lot of us can feel is possible and can envision, um, and it's coming to fruition over time, but it, it isn't here yet. Um, if you look at it, it's, it, we're still we're still kind of struggling in the quagmire at the moment. Um, but I think that there's a possibility for us to get out of that, and I think that you know that message is here in this film. This film won't do that by itself. It really will come down to, to people, you know, all over the world actually going out and doing the things necessary to change the world. That's what will change it. But the hope is this will open the open enough minds and engage more people to to move in that direction. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure that uh, you know, looking at the in the eyes of your kids, you know, I know that that's the thing that always prompts me is um, it, to go ahead and, and look to a, a better future and and. Uh, you know, I look at in their eyes, or I did. Now their their eyes are just as tall as mine, and they're you know, sixteen and and uh, to twenty two years old. But you know, when when you look at them and you go, okay, this is for them, you know, and it's for their kids. You know, that what what kind of a world do I want them to be living in? You know, we can we can close our eyes and our minds to things for ourselves, but when it comes down to what do I want for my kids and what kind of a world do I want them to live in and what kind of consciousness do I want the world to have when they're reaching adulthood and they're looking in the eyes of their children, you know, it becomes a much more serious matter. And I think that, um, that you know, where you guys where, where you guys are looking and, and where you're thinking, I can't wait to see the film. And then I want to have another conversation with you so that I'm speaking intelligently <laughs> because it's, uh, I, I think you guys are doing something super important. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I, I, I really just want you to share as, as much as you can what the process of this has been like. Like if there's a brand new, if there's somebody who's just, has this film in their heart and they've always wanted to do it it's been a life dream they've been thinking of it and they've they've been mulling it around um can you give some advice to that guy yeah i can give some definite advice i mean the first thing i would say is you gotta you gotta take the you gotta take that inspiration and turn it into action immediately um if it's as simple as spending a certain amount of time every day writing um, and conceptualizing your ideas and organizing your thoughts, um, you got to just take one step after, after the other because if you stand still and you're holding on to an idea in your head, um, and you don't just start to take steps towards manifesting it physically in this world, then it will never be manifested, at least by you. You might turn around and if it's an important enough idea, as I've seen happen with, with some of my ideas over the years, it will be manifested because the way that this universe works if something's important, I mean, you're tapping into it and you don't move on it, it'll just it'll just move right over to the person who's ready for it. So my advice would be if you think, if you have something that's a genuine 
you know, important inspiration, whether it's a film or a product or another idea that uh, something you see that the world needs, any type of solution, that you have to move on it and, and, and not be afraid because at the end of the day, you know, we all have a finite amount of time on this planet, whatever it is, and this body, whatever, you know, whatever you believe about, you know, life or death or Christianity or, you know, whatever whatever you believe. No one can argue that in this body that each of us has, we have a finite period of time. So the reality then becomes what's most important. And, and I examined this in my early 20s, and I came to the conclusion that really all that matters is, is the mark that we leave on this world. Anything else beyond that is somewhat super, superfluous. Uh, if that's the right phrase to use, um, and, it, and it's not, and it's not to say that the little things don't matter. It is, they are important. You have to enjoy life. You have to enjoy, you know, love. You have to enjoy family. You, you need to have uh, happiness. But at the end of the day, for me, when I look at it, it's it's really like the only thing that's going to really stand out. And part of that impact is the mark you leave is also, by the way, you know, the people you love, the people you touch. It is little things too. Uh, it's not just like, oh, did you build? you know, the first free energy device that, you know, transmitted electricity wirelessly so that we could get off oil and gas and coal. I mean, that obviously is important, really important, but the little things make a difference in, in the dynamic of the planet just as much too. Um, but I think people have to have that first. I, I choose to have that personal mindset about, about life, and I think people who have inspirations or ideas that they want to manifest, um, whether it's in business or in other things, they have to, uh, if they want to see those things come to fruition, they've got to move on them and find a way to move on them step by step. And we're all in the same struggle when it comes to that. It's not easy for anyone. It's not easy for even the you know the the wealthiest guy who wants to do it. You know, you know, the only difference is he might have a little more wealth to throw around to, to get other people to help him. But at the end of the day, we all have to take that have the courage to take that step or those steps forward uh, to make things happen. And that's the first thing I would say to anybody who's who's out there thinking about it with this process for us. Um, not to go on much longer on it is, you know, it was a really wild ride. <laughs> it's been a really, really wild ride, and it's been hard. I mean, I'll be honest; it's it, it's challenged me in a lot of ways. But what's been one of the one of the key inspirations was, you know, in the midst of this process, you know, the director of the film and my, you know, very close friend and, and partner on it, you know, Omar Deep had his father murdered, um, you know, in cold blood, out of nowhere. I mean, Amardeep was driving to the temple where his father was murdered with his, with his son and his wife. If he had left five minutes earlier or had not gone, he had gone somewhere else before on the way there, he may have been in the temple. He may have been murdered. So it's oh like when God. you look at that in the scope of life and then you watch him rise up to the occasion and use that as a, not as a, an excuse to, like, give up, not as an excuse to start blaming people or, you know, whatever, conspiracies, et cetera, <laughs> Instead, he, he used it as, a, as, as, a, as an opportunity to go out and to, and to try to make, make something better in the world and to try to make a difference in, this, in the battle that's going on with violence right now. So, I mean, when you and, see and that happen... Only as, happened, as, and it only happened August 5th, 2012, just to give our listeners a little understanding. You know, Arm, Arm Deep, uh, Am I, is that how you say it? Yeah, you can say I'm R deep, or we call him arm for short, like um, your left yeah. arm. <laughs> I call him arm because I know I'm butchering it, but uh, I just, you know, I, I didn't realize how recent this tragedy was for him 
so you know the honor that I can give to him you know I've I've lost my my mom and it took a long time to be able to function at that level and it's been such an intense tragedy and such a really major act of violence that that uh, that occurred that it's just truly an inspiration that he's um that he's handled it the way that he has and and what he's done for others in the process is pretty impressive yeah. Yeah. No. We, one didn't, more. we didn't. We didn't know if he was going to do it. Oh, you have a commercial break. It's okay. Go ahead. Keep going. We'll, we'll do it in a minute. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah. I mean, there was a point where, you know, we didn't know what if we were going to if he was going to continue or what was going to happen, and um, you know, we talked about it and went back and forth, and and you know, he made the choice to to rally rally back up and 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 to find a way to do it, even though he had to go to you know, India later in the year and take his father's ashes back and, uh, you know, help take care of his and console and, and deal with his mother and all the other things that he had to deal with. He still, you know, he still chose to, to stay on and, and help see this project through. And because of that, um, when people see the film, they'll see the, they'll see the quality of work that, that's come out of that sacrifice by not just him, but our whole team on this thing. So I just wanted to mention that before we, yeah, dive, before we awesome. change directions here. And I appreciate that. You know, it's like when when we all get the opportunity to watch this film on Monday, having the three of you come on and do these shows has just given us so much more than, you know, than just anybody just listening or just watching the film. So I'd really appreciate all of you guys coming on and and being so honest and being so open about everything. It's really an honor to work with you. So we'll be right back after this station ID. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradio.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. And we're back for our last segment with producer J.D. Seraphine of the movie Sirius, which premieres on Monday. So all of you who are hearing me for the third time and you still haven't gone to the Dash Radio and bought the tickets, you're not paying attention. So <laughs> maybe we should give them like three minutes and play Jeopardy music. But um, you definitely want to get some tickets to this thing and, and check out this film. The guys have worked really hard through tons of personal sacrifice to bring a message and to bring some something really amazing to the planet and in a way nobody's ever done. So a whole lot of people are behind this film. How many people actually um, were part of the crowdsourcing? I mean, like, were there how many thousands? Was it thousands of people? Thousands, yeah. It was about 4,000. And uh, just wow. to emphasize the point of personal sacrifice, I, I don't even think my own kids remember my name anymore. So come on, guys. <laughs> we really need you to go to the Dash Radio and, and, and sign up to watch this movie because it's going to be going to be amazing and i think you'll everyone will be feel like they definitely got their money's worth out of this one absolutely and they will remember i got to tell you i'm a mom of three and my kids woke uh, every single day of their lives they would walk in and they would see the hands up with the finger up and my saying a minute with my phone in my ear and you know 20 years later they go you know you were here though 
and you know nobody else tried you know no, lots and lots of moms and dads they go and they go to work and they come home and you know they're used to that and it's a normal schedule but our kids end up turning around and and they realize what we've done later so as hard as it is right now and i know it's got to be really hard on you and on arm and um, I don't know if everybody has small kids, but it, it's um, it's a sacrifice and a labor of love that will inspire them later. Just trust me on that. Mine are 16, 18, or 16, 19, and 22 now, and they get it now. They didn't get it when they were the size of the kids I see in the picture. <laughs> so, yeah. so I promise you, I promise you later they'll get it, and uh, it'll be an inspiration for them to go after their dreams too. But, um, you know, our listeners are all networkers, so why don't we go ahead, and I'm also going to let everybody know, when you go ahead and you decide you're going to watch the film, if you're a networker listening to The Dash right now, head on over to The Dash Radio and register to be an affiliate at, what's it called? What's the name of the site? Um, well, there's Yekra.com is the, is, the, is the company, but... They can register to be an affiliate, um, I believe. I don't know if you guys right have set up the functionality on your site. Yeah, um, but yes, you can also did. go to so you can go to the Dash Radio um site that, that we're that we're on now. Um serious.neverendinglight.com is a site that we use for the crowdfunding that we've retooled to um so people can watch the film there also because we want to have as many portals Funny out there as we can. But sure. also we we wanted to set it up as, as kind of bringing another place or putting the place out there, uh, a good safe place for the community um, to come and, and to congregate and to talk and, and get some, that's right. some special things that we're that. going to offer. Very cool. Yeah. So that should be awesome. And in terms of the affiliate thing, just to clarify so that people know this, and I don't know that that narrative is, has always been clear. I mean, basically the way it works is if you sign up as an affiliate, you set up a player, you can set it up on Facebook, you can set it up on your website. Um, you can even share a link. But for every person that you that you refer that purchases a film, you're going to get 10% of every sale um, that comes that way. So, and, and you know, whether it's a few people or whether it's a lot of people, um, it's a way that we're basically giving the percent that percentage to to you guys, to the people, as opposed to you know a giant studio distributor that you know would take more than that anyways. But they you know would. <laughs> they would do who knows what with this film. We wanted to make sure the film got out there, and then uh, that our people and the people out there in the community had a chance to, to share in the in the in the benefits of of everything that was, that they felt was built. So that's kind of the, the gist of it. Absolutely, and because we are completely catering to networkers who have home bi- home businesses who have large networks of people. I'm just giving a gentle little nudge that of all of the things that we have ever networked in the industry. Um, this one has a whole lot of passion and a whole lot of reason and meaning. So, if you don't mind getting getting dusting out your databases and uh, and shooting an email and letting everybody know that they can either buy the tickets on the Dash or they can buy them on your site if you want to go ahead and sign up as an affiliate and promote it that way. But whatever you do, just make sure that they go ahead and they get the ticket and they watch because that's what's going to go ahead and make this project a, a huge success and. That's going to enable so many other people to have their dreams become realities as well, and that's what we're all about here at the Dash is supporting entrepreneurs as entrepreneurs. So, um, of all of the things that you have, I mean, because there's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into this, what's been your highest high and what's been your lowest low in this project so far? 
Let me, I got to think for a minute on that one. The lowest low was definitely August 5th and the, and the, and the days and weeks and really months leading after that. Um, in some ways, part of that was the highest high in terms of seeing, you know, how, because I didn't know how Arm was going to respond and mm-hmm. to see him respond the way that he did in the, in the day or two after uh, and really take up the challenge to, to speak from his, to speak clearly from his heart as opposed to, you know, being overwhelmed by the many things that could have overwhelmed him, which I'm sure have in, in many moments, both private and with some with the team. Um, that was definitely the lowest low. I think the highest highs, yeah, I think we haven't seen it yet. I mean, we've had some high highs in terms of, you know, seeing the crowdfunding going well. And, you know, the, even though the Huffington Post article wasn't the right narrative at all that we would have, we would have wanted, um, it's brought a lot of exposure. So I definitely feel like we're on a high that continues to continues to grow right now that I think will be the highest high. And that will be, you know, this film reaching as many people as possible. And at the same time, you know, hopefully the feedback that comes back is that people really see the quality of work and the time and effort we put in and, and feel that it's a great, and they feel that it's a great film, whether it's an ET film or whether it's, you know, because it's not just that, like I said before, it's, it's just something something much bigger than just just your regular old UFO documentary. It's, it's something more. So I'm hoping that that's what resonates with people. And, and if it does, then I think it will, you know, that will be the highest high that we, that we reach, you know. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I see that you've done a whole lot of other stuff. I mean, you've, you've done stuff um, with Broadway and you've, you've worked with Warner Brothers and you've worked with a bunch of cool names in the industry and your dad's a cool name in the industry. I mean, is this, is this what you're going to do? Are you going to just do film or, or is, that, is this your passion? Are you going to produce film? Is that your moving forward plan? Yeah, I mean, basically my, my plan kind of when I came to the conclusion that um, I was mentioning earlier in the interview about in my early 20s that the, the only thing that matters in life is, is the mark we leave. I looked around and I saw that that the film industry and the film business, is that's the place where this, there's a battle that's happening there every day. And it's basically the battle of ideas. Um, and, and so that's the battle that I definitely have already committed years ago to fight. Um, so that's one, definitely one core, one of my core, you know, passions and focuses going forward is is, is developing and producing and financing and, and, you know, manifesting films that, you know, that can make a difference in the way that people see the world, um, which is one of those films. But there will be many more to come after this. And there's other things that, I've, that I'm passionate about. I would, I genuinely am going to be involved um, with, you know, the push to, to actually create the new energy devices that will hopefully uh, the current, you know, socioeconomic order that exists now. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly open. Yeah, and I'm open to, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I'm very open to, to every opportunity that life throws my way, that if the right opportunity presents itself to make a difference and do something great, um, I'm always going to entertain it as, as long as it's something that, that really resonates um, with, with what I want to do. So, but film is the main focus right now, definitely, and that's the industry that I've that I've worked in and, and kind of built up um, some experience and, and my network in. But um, I also have kind of networks because I've worked because I work on the finance side as well. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of becomes uh, it kind of naturally happens that once you start putting together money for things, 
Um, you seem to have other people that approach you from any industry <laughs> or venture right. that you can imagine, from real estate development to, you know, I want to, I have a gold mine that's real, or, you know, I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen so many different things in seven years uh, or eight years of doing the finance thing that, um, you know, I, I, I'm smart enough now to know that I don't know where life is going to take me, but I know that films are something that I'm passionate about. I also write, um, have some film scripts that I've been developing and writing for years and, um, you know, some things that I'll be working on going forward. And and, on, and one big thing is my father, you know, his story is, is an amazing one. That's one that I'll be, um, that, that's going to be one of my priorities coming out of this project to find a way to, to set that one up properly is, is either probably a film or a television show. So, um, and that's, he, he wrote an autobiography called A uh, Street Player, which if you haven't checked it out, I should, uh, after we go offline, I can get your address and get you a copy. It's a, it's a I would love book, that. So. I mean, I didn't even mean to Facebook stalk you. I got to tell you, I just went on to go ahead and say hey so that we were connected so that when I went and pushed out that we were going to do this, that it would go ahead and tag you. And then I saw the CTA and I thought, oh, a musician. I thought it was your brother. And then I went and said, oh, look at that. Maybe we could do a show with him. I had no clue who I approached. I was like... <laughs> and I'm like, well, he's one of the legends, man. I'm not, I'm not worthy to do that interview, but I'm gonna. You should come. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're we're. I'm happy to set that up. And you know, I now that you're now that you're on the team, you're on the you're on the serious distribution team, and you get you get some perks. And if you want to get Danny on the interview, I'll I'll make it happen. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's just, it's a blast. You know, one of my favorite things, you know, I love music. I sang, I learned to sing the blues in Kathmandu, and it's just something that's always been a passion for me. So when we we got the microphone and we got started with this, I thought I had some entrepreneuristic friends who were musicians, and I watch how they struggle to make their life, um, their living, their music. And so, you know, I realized that, you know, Every single solitary gift that somebody has is a brilliant gift, but if you if you can't sell it, if you don't know how to get it off the ground, you you just don't. It, it's all business, and so it doesn't matter whether you're a singer or a drummer or a film producer or somebody who has got a vision for you know whatever it might be. If you don't know, if you don't have those the entrepreneuristic thing, you need an entrepreneur in your life who does. You know, it's um, it's all about it's all about the business side of things. You know, and and uh, music and film is a huge huge business. And in this economy, people are really struggling. You know, and so my first film, my first show that I did with a friend of mine, Rachel, who is one of the I mean, she's like Janis Joplin meets Bonnie Raitt with her voice. I mean, brilliant vocalist. And her music just, like, it's brought me to tears every time I've heard her live, and she's just amazing. And she called me up and asked me if I'd do a concert and tells me about the at my house and how the, there's this whole genre or this whole thing where people are actually, in order to go ahead and financially survive and be able to live their dream, they're having home concerts now because they just can't get venues and it's all too expensive and people aren't willing to pay the prices and you know and then i realized you know 135 bucks for us for for the cheap seats these days and uh you know i can understand how music has taken a completely different turn and become a grassroots thing and so seeing that and seeing this it's just like you know um where where our artisans want their gifts to be seen and they want to be able to share with the world 
They will always find a way to get it done when, you know, the big studios and the big labels and everything else gets in the way. They're going to find a way to do it grassroots. So it's just an honor to be a part of it. And I think what you're doing is the coolest thing since sliced bread, J.D. <laughs> Thank you. Really and, you know, I was, I was going to reveal a previously unrevealed detail about the Atacama Humanoid, but I don't know how many people, how many people do we have on? I don't know if we... I, should we give it? Should we give it to your audience? Is there enough of them who've stayed on? Well, what we we don't get a lot of live people so much. We get like you know twenty, thirty, fifty live, but we get thousands of them listening to the archives. So where okay. this is going to go from here, this would be a pretty cool reveal. Um, <laughs> well, but that's we can, up to we'll you. do a little, we'll do a little reveal and All right. something that it's only a little detail, and we're going to be releasing as. We've talked about in press releases um, probably around Monday the you know the full details in terms of the scientist names etc. But the one thing that I will reveal so that people understand the level of credibility in terms of the testing that's being done or that's been mm-hmm. done and that continues to be done on the specimen is that the testing that's, that's being done and the main geneticists are from Stanford University and that, really? and that is yet to be disclosed to anyone. Um, so you wow. guys are getting an exclusive at the Dash first, but at Stanford University is the university where the testing is being done. And if anybody knows, I'm sure that um, people are well aware That's of the awesome. credibility of that institution. So I mean, it's and it's For really sure. not to say I'm not I'm not saying anything about what the findings are because I don't want to I don't want to spill all the beans and make everyone mad at me. But um, <laughs> the, the point the point of it is this: is that it's the, the real. The real beauty, the real amazing thing about this is that we took something in this this niche kind of field of you know ET you know strange things whatever you want to call it, and we instead of just speculating on it, we took it to the highest level possible to a scientist that has the, you know the state of the art cutting edge scientific techniques and tools, and we ran it through that ringer scientifically, and that's where it's that's still going through that as we speak. It's not done. It's going to take months and months and possibly longer until, until, you know, more definitive genetic conclusions are come to than what we've already reached. We've already reached some definitive conclusions. And it's, you know, it's unprecedented for this type of thing to be tested at this level by people that are discredible. And I think that's what really fits with our, one of the main threads of the film, which is about investigation. It's about people going out and finding and searching for truth, not about me trying to tell you that this is the truth, that ETs are real, and that, you know, President Obama is hiding it from you. That's not what we're trying to, that's not what we're trying to accomplish with this film. Other films might say that, other people might say that. Even Dr. Greer has that in his message or his narrative, not Obama specifically, but about government secrecy. But there's an overarching theme with the film, which is that any one person can, can make that connection with the truth. Any one person can make the, this connection that Dr. Greer is teaching people to make with interdimensional you know, extraterrestrials, you know, which Armored Deep had an experience that people will see in the film that is, is pretty amazing. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's a lot more, but the, the Stanford University is the university where the testing is being done. And, you know, that's as much as I'll reveal right now, but there'll be more. The full details will be revealed of what we know in a release as well as in the film. People will see, you know, the, the scientists and, and what they've come to so far, so... Absolutely, and I am so sorry we are out of time. The hour has flown by, but thank you so much, and good luck Monday, and we will follow up, and we will be sure to have you guys come back and talk about the film afterwards. So thanks. Have a great one.
Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Hey, you, with the shot. You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.